0: For me, it's waking up and just being mad. Even if I didn't even attempt the night before, I would just wake up open eyes like, why am I still breathing? Why couldn't I just pass in the night for who knows what reason, any reason at all? (laughs)
1: My name is Sean, and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives, and we almost never talk about it. We certainly don't talk about it enough, and when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, are not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations. Remember, our main goal here is to help more people in more places feel a little less shitty and a little less alone. So if you've been involved in that as a guest, as a listener, thank you. I want you to know for the month of January, I am not home. I don't have my microphone. So the audio production quality of the introduction as well as the outro is not very good. So I hope you can extend a little latitude there now. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. As always, check the show notes. There's a lot more to learn there about the podcast, including our membership and an additional way to reach out to us. Finally, we are talking about suicide here and we don't hold back. So please take that into account before you listen or as you listen. But I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. Today I am talking with Mimi. Mimi lives in Ontario and she is a suicide attempt survivor. What's up Mimi? Hey. Uh, so you're in uh, you're in the province of Ontario in Canada. Can we say yeah. that out loud to people? Yeah. How are you? Uh,
0: you know, I'm breathing.
1: Yeah. Big Blue Jays fan? Huge. For real?
0: Yeah. Maple Leafs? No.
1: You you know what we're talking about here. Yeah. You've heard the podcast.
0: I've heard every episode.
1: No fucking way.
0: Yeah. I actually started a little less than a year ago. And I told myself when I got, I think through the first season, I said, if I listen to every single one, I'll reach out.
1: That's amazing. I'm not going to ask you too much about what you think of it, because that sounds like I'm just asking you to say nice things. So what I'm going to do instead is say, as you've listened to whatever 100 and something episodes, what's something that I'm putting you on the spot here, mean. What's something you have thought, I wish he did this thing better or differently, or he asked a different question. Like, what could I be better at or do better?
0: Honestly, through all the episodes that I do remember, Mm. um, there's nothing I would change. You know, you're just giving a space for people to share their stories and a space for people to just listen and relate. And sometimes that's all someone needs.
1: Wow. Okay. I'll take that. But what I want to ask you first is something you've already brought up, which is your memory. Tell me about that.
0: I was in an accident, I think a little over two years ago now. I've had two brain surgeries, so my memory just isn't all there.
1: Short-term, long-term, both?
0: A little bit of both, yeah. Car accident? It was a car accident. I I replay what happened over and over and over in my head of what I do remember, because a lot of it is I have bits and pieces of what has happened, and a Mm -hmm. part of me uh, is curious, and I want to know, I know the people who were there for the different parts of it to Mm. understand what happened and what happened in the hospital and afterwards, but that's a curious side. And then my other side is saying, I don't want to learn what happened just because then it's just more things for me to replay.
1: Yeah. Does that have any direct role in suicide attempts?
0: A little bit. Um, I would say my mental health was never really that great starting from high school. And then it really dipped. I think it was in 2018. It really wasn't that great. I had attempts like three times in a month. It was literally like week after week after week.
1: How old were you?
0: I'm 24, yeah. High
1: school, some stuff started, and then shortly after that.
0: Yeah, and then after high school, I went to college. I was doing great. My marks were sky high, but I just, I couldn't do it. Like my mental health was just dipping, so I dropped out. I was working at a restaurant, Chipotle, which I'm sure you know of.
1: You too, yes.
0: I was working there and that's uh, when I did my first, not really first, but the first time I really remember. The three consecutive ones or the two consecutive ones after that were like a week apart. And then I was like pretty steady. I I wouldn't say I was great. You know, like I was just living. I was breathing. And then the accident happened. I just got sick and tired of like the little issues that come up. I am very lucky. For the way that I've turned out since the accident, like they didn't know if I was going to talk, if I was going to walk. So I got very lucky. But at the same time, it's kind of like I'm, I already had shit before. Right. And then you pile this on and I'm just like, I'm done.
1: A couple questions. Can you walk? I can walk. Because I don't know if you can walk as good as you talk, but you're talking like 10, <laughs> out of, 10 out of 10 here, Mimi.
0: Yeah. The first time they let me out of the hospital bed, it felt like I was relearning how to walk. And that was probably the scariest moment of my life. Yeah. I'm very active. I was always in sports. I love like just doing on my feet anything. So, like, the first time they were like, okay, let's like, let's try this. I was so, like, m- I was so mad at myself.
1: So, you talked pretty soon after.
0: I'm pretty sure the moment they, cause I was in a coma. <laughs> there's a lot. I was in yeah. a coma. I'm pretty sure the moment I woke up, I was able to talk.
1: How long did it take you to walk well?
0: See, that's the thing. I don't remember anything. Okay. There's, I know bits and pieces, but there's a lot that I still don't know.
1: Does that go back to like not remembering your childhood?
0: Childhood, I can still remember. I think I remember more of the good pieces and I kind of blocked out the bad. the memory of before the accident is pretty intact. It's just like the accident itself. And then the after that, it's kind of like, it's a little blurry.
1: Is it possible that a week after we talk, you won't remember it?
0: I'll remember bits and pieces, but there's probably going to be good chunks that I just, it didn't happen.
1: I was going to ask you about your childhood, but you said you mostly remember the good stuff and not the bad stuff. So There's uh, little bits and
0: pieces of the bad that I still remember.
1: Anything that contributes to this larger conversation around suicide?
0: My parents did divorce when I was very young.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I have no idea how old I was. I always say I was probably three because I feel like three is when you start making memories and I have no memory of them together. The only memory I have of them together is when they were fighting.
1: That's the same here, by the way. Same exact. Now, before we get to 2018, because we might as well dive in, you mentioned something about things getting rocky in high school, if I recall.
0: Uh, In high school, for I have no idea why. I think it was grade 10 when it started. I just feeling really low. Mm. I stopped hanging out with my friends during lunch. I would just put in my headphones and i will walk the entire lunch. I wouldn't eat. I would just walk. Thinking about what? Um, How much I didn't want to be here. So my suicidality started then.
1: Does that freak you out at a little bit?
0: Not really. I feel like I've lived with it since and I don't even remember like myself not thinking about wanting to not be here. So it's kind of normal to this point.
1: So you're saying when you were younger, even though you may not remember a lot of things, that still applies. Yeah. Do you think you were born to be suicidal or born I, suicidal?
0: That's a tough question. I feel like it might have been a little bit of like just like nature and nurture. You know, like I grew up with divorced parents. I'm with all these people in school they have their parents together there weren't many people in my high school or in any school at this point that had their parents split and my parents weren't close it was like living two different lives when i go towards like different houses it was just like you're always comparing yourself to other people birthdays and christmas or any holiday and it's kind of like well you have a family but i'm gonna sit at home by myself
1: brutal fucking brutal do you recall anybody in like junior high high even college Ending their lives?
0: No. Actually, yes. Yes, I do. I know two people, possibly three. The third one, I can't remember. The first one, she tried multiple times, but she, I always told her, like, if you, like, come close to trying, just call me. I don't care if it's three in the morning
1: or mm-hmm. one in the
0: afternoon and I'm at work. Just give me a call. I will be there. Mm-hmm. And so she has tried, but, like, either right before she tries or right after she tries, she'll, she'd call me. Oh, wow. We were basically, like, sisters, but we weren't. And then I know another person is actually my sister's friend. My sister wasn't in the country for a vacation. And so her friend calls me and she says, Mimi, I just took a ton of pills. Can you come over? Mm. And so I went over and I told her, I'm like, hey, look how many did you take? She couldn't remember. And I'm like, okay, like, I hate to do this to you because I've been in the hospital before. And it's a horrible system. Even here in Canada, we have to go because I just don't know where this is going to lead. You know, like I've done that and it didn't turn out great for me. And if I wasn't in the hospital, I don't know if I would be here. Not saying that I'm grateful for that, but that's probably would have happened. And so I brought her to the hospital. I stayed with her. They She ended up lying and they discharged her. So I just stayed the night with oh. her.
1: But what if she had said to you, understandably, maybe particularly after taking a lot of pills, she's not in her, and I'm using very big quotes, right mind, whatever that means. What if she had said to you in response to you saying the thing about, well, if I hadn't gone to the hospital, maybe I wouldn't be here. What if she had said, I don't want to be here?
0: I think I would have still dragged her. Yeah. Like you really, especially with overdosing, like you have no idea where it's going to lead. It could be completely fine. You puke it out. Right. Or you have a small seizure, like you have no idea where it leads. And I'm, I told her, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen to you because one, I'm not a doctor. And two, you have no idea what you took and how much you took. I took her out. I gave her some food just to get something in her stomach because she hasn't eaten all day. And then I brought her to the hospital because there's nothing else I could do.
1: Probably not. So what changes? So 2018, that's a big year. Or at least a month of that year was a big month. Struggling, struggling, struggling. Try. Something changes.
0: I feel like I was just out of my mind. I wasn't thinking. I was actually at work at Chipotle at that time. I just I knew I wasn't doing great during my breaks. I would just go to my car and I would drink. What would you drink? Any alcohol that I had. I would get beer. I would get like coolers. It was never hard alcohol, but I would just sit there and I would drink by myself in my car during my breaks. And that one day, the first time I did it in that month, I was just drinking, I was listening to some music that wasn't exactly happy. And I had pills in my car. And so I just downed it all
1: wanting to die
0: yeah i was just over it i was sick and tired of it i went back to work i think it was maybe two hours after that my stomach was killing me my manager noticed and so she was like do you want to go home i'm like i'm not going to leave you one person stranded you know we worked at a very busy location i'm not going to do that to you it was excruciating pain and by the end of the day she's like you know what like stay if you really want to stay Stay until we close, and then I will close your station for you. Like go home, and so I go home, and I ended up who knows what reason. I texted my best friend at the time, and I said this is what I did, and so she said come over. Drove over to her house, and we talked for a bit. I don't think we ever talked about what actually happened. We try to go to sleep. I think she told me in the middle of the night I was just like moaning in pain, and so she drove me to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then at the hospital, I had a seizure. And so because of what I did and because of the seizure, they kept me for three days. It's like, I guess, the rule or the law in Ontario where if it's an attempt or any mental health crisis, they hold you for 72 hours. So I was stuck there for three days.
1: How How did they know it was an attempt?
0: My, my best friend told them.
1: Is this the same best friend that you later helped?
0: No, this is a different one.
1: But three days was enough to sort of evaluate mental health stuff and we, and we feel like good to go?
0: See, to discharge you after an attempt, they just send a psychiatrist in or whoever it was in to ask you questions and you know how you're supposed to answer it to get out, right?
1: Usually. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I just lied to them. They're like, do you have any like thoughts? Do you have any ideations? Like, are you feeling this way? And I just said no. And I lied to their, them and they discharged me. I'm like, great. I'm out of here.
1: Can we role play for a second? I never do this and I love role play. Mimi, how are you feeling?
0: Feeling great.
1: You came in here th- three days ago. You attempted to take your own life. You swallow a bunch of pills, could have killed you. What's changed in three days that you went from feeling that way to feeling great?
0: Uh, I saw the reactions of my friends and my family and I just, I feel like I want to turn my life around.
1: Ooh, that is a good answer. Mimi, you know what you're doing.
0: I've gotten good at it.
1: But still, I wouldn't buy it. Sorry, therapists. Most of you are awesome. I'm just letting you know how I feel about this particular moment. Yeah, are there like come to Jesus moments yeah,
0: but yeah, I feel like they just have so many people that are looking after like if you just answer it a certain way They just say I don't care. Go ahead
1: And again, if you had if they kept you there longer. I might be asking you questions about stuff that hey And it ended up sucking so like I don't know where to go or what to do There's no right answer here
0: They also don't ask deep of a question like that They just basically ask you like do you have any like ideations? Are you thinking of it? I don't think he ever asked How are you feeling?
1: <laughs> okay I'll leave some of my commentary to the quote-unquote professionals. Here's what I know, though, from what you've already told me. not like a mind reading here. That month, you have two more attempts. When you leave the hospital after a few days earlier of trying to end your life, and you didn't see the reactions of your family, that was a lie.
0: That is a lie because the first time I attempted, my family had no idea. I just told my mom that I'm staying over at my best friend's house.
1: You saw your friend's reaction? Yeah, I did. Did that affect you?
0: Yeah, it I felt guilty. Um, I never wanted to put them in that position. I just I w- I feel like I was out of my mind. I was not thinking, I just did it.
1: So legitimately did her reaction well, I know the answer because you try again in a week, but did that have any play in decision making moving forward?
0: I feel like that whole month was just like my mind was like I'm done. I don't care. I did feel bad. I felt very guilty um for putting her in that position and making her see everything because she was there for the seizure and we talked about it afterwards she said when it happened she just cried in the nurse's arms and the nurse had no idea what to do
1: a nurse doesn't know what to do in that situation
0: i guess they're more medical than like you know touchy-feely she was just there crying because she she's a crier um didn't know what to do and the nurse was kind of like they're there
1: Mm, always two words that everyone wants to hear when they're crying. Yes, they're there. Yep. All right. Well, hey, look, nurse does the best she or he can, no doubt. Did they help you with the post hospital, whatever that's called?
0: They just discharged me. They gave me no follow up, nothing no. to go on. They just said, yeah, you can go. And so mm. I left. Naturally. A week later, I think it was exactly a week. I think I did it on a Thursday. And then the next Thursday, I did it again. And for some really stupid reason, I tell my best friend again.
1: Wait, are we talking about the same break at Chipotle with booze and all that same pills?
0: No, this time it was pills again. I think it was different pills. I can't remember. But this time I was at home.
1: Now, are these old pills prescribed to you?
0: Yeah, it was just whatever they were prescribing. I just took it all. I think I took all of what was in the car the first time. The second time, it was whatever I had at home. I did it. I called my best friend. I still don't know why. Or I didn't call her. I think I texted her. And this time, because of the seizure, she, instead of telling me to come over, she called 911.
1: Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no.
0: I hear banging on my door like 15 minutes later, and I yell down, I'm coming. Why are you banging on the door? I thought it was her. I open the door, and it's cops. It's not ambulance. It's cops.
1: Oh, yeah. Not surprised, but I didn't know how it was in Ontario. Okay, great. It's spreading, this fucking epidemic. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. So, it was cops. They came in. And they were like, what did you do? What did you take? Uh, where's your like health card? Because they need it for the hospital.
1: Those and- are fair questions. Those are fair questions. Yeah. Were they aggressive with you? Or were they okay with you?
0: They were nice.
1: Good. C- so like- kudos, kudos to them. I want to just... Because they talk a lot of shit. But when someone does it the right way, good for you. Thank you. Okay.
0: No, they were very nice. Uh, the ambulance comes and they're like, you have to go to the hospital. I'm like, what if I don't want to? What if I don't go? And so they say, if you don't comply. We'll put you in handcuffs. Yeah, of course. And we'll drag you there. And so I complied because I'm like, either way, I'm going to end up there anyways. Sure. So we go to the hospital. This time, I don't know how my my best friend somehow had my mother's number. And this time she calls my mom. So I'm in the hospital bed. And then I hear my mom's voice. I'm like, you, I'm I must be like hallucinating. I walk out of my room. I see her. Either my best friend comes into the room or I go out to her and I said, You called my mom. I was so mad at her. I was so mad because, like, she knew my mom and I aren't exactly close. We don't really get along. So I was pretty furious when I found out that she was there. And the only way she was there is because someone called.
1: how did your mom respond?
0: She was nice, but because we have like a not the greatest relationship, I didn't like it. I was kind of like, get away from me, don't touch me, don't be near me. But she was next to me. Almost the entire time.
1: Where was your friend at this time?
0: Uh she was there for when I got there. And then she would like pop in here and there while I was stuck there for the three days. The first time she came every single day because no one else knew.
1: It's the same hospital? Yeah. Three days, your friend's in and out, your mom's there. Again, I know because you're here, they get the shit out of your system. You go you leave, don't you?
0: Yeah. I, I lied to him again and they let me leave again.
1: But did you say the
0: same lie? They asked me the same question so I'm pretty sure I said the same thing.
1: But now your mother was there so you might have been able to get away with it even more cuz it's like I she's right here I could never do this to her. I don't... Well,
0: they take you they always take you to a separate room so no one's near you to okay. no talk to you, but I'm almost certain I said the same exact thing. But did but did anyone bring up last week? I don't think they ever did. The doctor on the record of the first one was the same doctor that was on the second one.
1: If you were a doctor there with decision-making power and somebody comes in for the second time in two weeks or one week, what would you do?
0: I wouldn't let them leave or I would ask more questions or do something more because they ask the same questions they did the first time. And if the my answers for the first one were completely a lie and I'm saying the same thing from the same book the second time, like I feel like anybody would know that that's just not true.
1: So do you think that a big reason for that is that they just don't have enough space or people to accommodate you if you stay longer?
0: Yeah, I I do think that is a thing because the second time there wasn't enough room in the ER, they keep you Mm. in the ER until you're admitted. And if you're admitted, you're there for a lot longer. They didn't have room the second time. So I was stuck in the hallway the entire time. I was in a bed in the hallway.
1: So you're saying in Ontario, at least that part of Ontario or that hospital doesn't have enough space and probably connect to that people who work in that hospital to treat the amount of people who are coming in in these situations.
0: Yeah, I agree. Because uh, the psychiatrist that like talked to me, you have to talk to a psychiatrist before getting discharged. And his conversation was probably like, not even five minutes. It was like a list of like, maybe five questions of like, are you thinking it or whatever? Like I've said before, the entire time you're there, you're seeing nurses for like, if they're giving charcoal or whatever. And then you see the psychiatrist for like less than five minutes. And then if you answer the questions, like they want you to say it, you can leave.
1: Can you think of another time in your life? And I I know your memory is not always perfect here, where people simply didn't have like the space or the person power to accommodate your needs. I don't know if that makes any sense. Here's what I'm thinking. And it's maybe apples and oranges, the hospital and this high stakes stuff. I think most people could agree on that. High stakes stuff. Life is, like we're talking about someone's life, their well-being. I've never gone to, I don't like McDonald's, but I used to go to McDonald's. In my memory of going there, I mean, all the times I've gone there, and maybe I'm missing one moment here. I never remember anyone saying, you know what? We just can't do that for you. We don't have the people here. There's not enough space. Bad example, but I always got what I wanted. It's amazing. There's all kinds of situations where magically, we do have the space and we do have the people, but not for this. I got to think of better examples but you know my line of thought here?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um I think here because healthcare is free like it's paid by our taxes, there's a lot more people going in and out because people aren't scared of going because of how much money they have. Right. So like when I go in for triage, they always push me through very very fast because of the overdose, like it's not something they can make you sit for hours for, but once you're in they ha- I'm sure they have a whole like book of people they have to see.
1: Yeah these are larger questions about different types of healthcare systems right yeah now here's where it gets really interesting in this what mar- what, what month of this is in in 2018 what month are we in october all right attempt one attempt two no i think it's fair to say at this point it's a crisis
0: yeah it was a pretty bad month
1: then you get out is this literally next week the exact same thing happens
0: yeah exactly it was literally the thursday the next thursday and then the thursday after
1: Pills, home?
0: Yeah. Hospital? No. The third time, I didn't tell anybody. Because? Well, the first time, my best friend directed me to the hospital. Second time, she called the cops. Third time, I learned my lesson. I'm not going to tell anybody. You're in your bedroom? Yeah.
1: After you take all the pills the prior week, the Thursday before, how are you
0: getting enough pills to take again that might kill you? Oh, I had I stockpiled. I was getting Uh, prescribed. I think it was antidepressants. I had Tylenol. I had Advil. I just stockpiled. I whatever I was getting prescribed and whatever was at home, I just didn't use.
1: So you you go to sleep.
0: See, the last one's the most blurry because I wasn't taking. Because the first time, by the time it really hit, my best friend dragged me to the hospital. The second time, she called the cops, and when I went to the hospital, they gave me charcoal, so I had no effects of it. The third time is the most blurry because like there was no one there it like that really hit my system. I just f- remember feeling really sick at night. I forced myself to sleep and I just felt sick in the morning, but I was mad in the morning because I'm like, how am I still breathing?
1: so you didn't throw up because you wanted to die yeah, so you, you get through the pain somehow you sleep, which is remarkable and then I do ask this question not not every not every time was like what's it like to wake up? You know having wanting to die and it does, and it does sound like you you know the thing about wanting to die versus wanting the pain to go away, like where yeah. are you on that spectrum?
0: It's definitely more wanting to get the pain to go away. yeah, like I do enjoy the good moments in life, but like the downs are really down, and i'm I'm just tired of having, it. and I'd rather just not be here and not have the good moments than have the bad moments.
1: right. so what are you thinking if you remember on that morning and that third Thursday? In October.
0: I was just pissed. I was so mad. I felt so ill. My mind was just so down. I was so over it. Mm -hmm. And then to wake up after all the physical pain at night. Yeah. I was just so mad at myself. I was mad at the world. I'm like, well, if I went through all this physical pain and I'm still here, why did I even do it? I thought about hanging. I feel like it's more likely than overdosing, especially on like you don't know what you're taking if you're overdosing. But my biggest thing was, even though I don't, especially like my mom, I didn't want her finding me that way. Jumping off something high for me, it was, who am I going to affect? Who's going to see it? Oh. If it's something high, it's something more public. And I, I didn't want to do that. And then mm-hmm. a gun in Canada is very hard to get. I've definitely researched it. Yeah. Of how to get one. For me, is kind of like, it's when I get in that slump and I'm really thinking about it, like. Looking at the what you have to go through to get a gun is just too much.
1: Now, when you look back, it feels like... Because I know nothing else happens at this level until at least after your car accident. Do you think in 2018, in October 2018, you had like... And I'm serious here, like some sort of bug or some sort of break? Because it sounds different than before and just after.
0: I think for me, in October of 2018... It was, what's the point of me doing, like, what's the point of me still being here? You know, like, I can't even finish school. I dropped out. It's not exactly a dead-end job, but, like, to move up, you're working 50 hours a week, which is ridiculous. I saw no future.
1: The Friday or Saturday after the third attempt, you might not have known this then, you will not attempt again for three, four years, or maybe you haven't yet. We'll get to that. Not yet. I shouldn't say yet. Um, this this fucking conversations about suicide fuck my brain up. I just assume everyone's killing themselves or trying to. It's fucked up, yeah, something shifts back because you don't try again. Do you meet somebody? Do you get a new job? Does something just lift?
0: I didn't meet anybody. It didn't just lift. I was still in that hole, but after trying three times and feeling that pain of the third one, I was terrified i i just I never wanted to feel that pain again.
1: But you kept feeling the same pain that led you to do it.
0: Yeah. Like mental pain, it was still there. Physical pain, I was just terrified of doing it again and having to go through that night. Terrified me. I just. So the you know my
1: purple and pink pill question? Yes. So then you would have taken it without a doubt, it
0: sounds like. Without a doubt.
1: Now we'll ask you about today, but not just yet. We'll tease the audience here a little bit. I know everything in life is significant, but the context of this conversation between October 2018 and your car accident, 2021, is anything happening in your life that you feel is especially relevant to this stuff, this conversation?
0: My mental health didn't get any better. Mm -hmm. It was pretty steady at just being low, but to my memory, I don't think I had any attempts in between then.
1: When you said earlier, the downs are too hard. My words here, but- The pain associated with the downs are worse than the highs associated with the goods and it's not worth living. That down, when you say the downs, can you tell me like what does that mean? Because that will look differently for different people.
0: For me, it's waking up and just being mad. Even if I didn't even attempt the, the night before, I would just wake up open eyes like, why am I still breathing? Why couldn't I just pass in the night for who knows what reason? Any reason at all.
1: Went to bed wanting to die?
0: Almost every night, yeah.
1: So this was consistent. So the but the downs, the stuff that led you in the first place to attempt, does that have a name? I'm a little wary to ascribe labels. Is it is it a certain kind of depression? Is it PTSD? Is it or something that doesn't have a name, but it just was awful?
0: I think it's more depression. It's just like your mind is just, I don't want to be here. I'm done. I'm tired. It's like no matter how much sleep you get, you wake up and your body's just like, I don't want to function.
1: Did you ever get treated for it?
0: I've seen a couple of doctors. I don't think any doctor has ever said, this is what you have. They've always been like, this is what I think you have. So they've listed like depression. They At one point they said, I think you might have BPD. Those were the two big ones that they were like, I think you have, but no one's ever said like, this is what it is.
1: Borderline personalities BP? Yeah. Do you feel like you have any of that?
0: I look at the traits and I did more research on it after he said it because they didn't really explain it. There's definitely certain traits that I identify with, but some of the big ones that I feel like a lot of people have that I've researched on and they say, you know, like you have these really high highs and your mood can split in a second. And I'm like, Yeah, I kind of feel that, but they talk about how they take it out on other people and I don't do that. You know, I right. I feel it, but I take it out more on myself. And I've never really got the chance to talk to a doctor or a psychiatrist about it. So I I don't know if I have it.
1: Yeah. It's almost like you want to have it, right? At least you have a name and maybe there's a way to treat it better.
0: Yeah. Like I I would like someone to be like, this is what you have, but no one's ever done that. So I kind of question it all. Like, do I have depression? Do I not have depression? Do I have BPD? Who got, who knows?
1: And you get into this car accident and, and you take some time to learn how you're in a coma for how long?
0: I think it was a week.
1: You're talking. Eventually you learn to walk. When was the accident? What month? July. So now that's more than two years ago. Yeah. In that time, have you attempted again?
0: To my memory, and my memory is really bad since then. I've done it once mm-hmm.
1: since. Pills?
0: I really don't learn my lesson.
1: The answer is yes. <laughs> Hospital? Mimi's thinking. Memory stuff?
0: Yeah. No.
1: How long after? When was that attempt? Do you remember? 2022? 2021?
0: This last April. So 2023. Huh.
1: If I were talking to Mimi on her bed in April 2023 or Mimi on her bed in October 2018, and I said some probably annoying question, like, why are you doing this or what's wrong? Would it be a similar answer in in that five-year span?
0: Yeah, I was just done. I think in 2023, so this last April, it was much worse. I was on top of all the mental shit that I was dealing with before. It's now like, I have to... Like to just to do the little things that I used to do, no problem. It's a lot more like physically. My back hurts, my neck hurts, my memory is absolutely shot. My concentration isn't there. So it's just like I just piled on more and I was just, I checked out. I was like, I'm done. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, I feel like nothing is looking up. You know, like 2018 was shit, dealt with it for years. And then the accident happens. Like, I finally felt like I had my life on track. Um, in 2021, right before the accident, I actually got myself to go back to school to finish the program I was already in before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was in the program. My marks were sky high. I made some great friends and then the accident happened. So like it was just it wasn't great. I think the only reason I didn't attempt between 2021 from the accident till April of this last year was because I was so focused on getting my life back. I kept telling everybody, like, I just want my life back. I left the hospital. I can work. I couldn't really go out. My head was, I had half my skull out for five months. So I really wasn't allowed to do anything. I couldn't drive.
1: Living alone or with a parent or?
0: At that time, I was with my mom.
1: Where's your dad all this time?
0: He lives like 20, 30 minutes away from me, not very far. From between the accident and my last attempt, I was just so focused on getting my life back. I was in school and then I had to Drop out again because of the accident. I just couldn't do it. They didn't let me go back to school. They didn't let me drive. They didn't really let me go out. I was missing half my skull. So everywhere I went, it was like, watch your step. Don't hit your head. Don't fall. So I was just focused on like, go back to school, finish it, get a job, get your life back on track.
1: What were you studying?
0: I was in electrical engineering.
1: Oh, interesting. There's no memoir yet. We don't have a name yet. We don't have a title for your memoir yet.
0: I'm waiting to see what you come up with.
1: No, you can also something.
0: I'm not very creative. That's why I'm like, I'm excited to see what you come up I Don't, with.
1: don't be disappointed if nothing comes up. I can't always guarantee that. I can't always if I'm making a very big note because I got pressure now. You haven't tried since?
0: Not since April, no.
1: But during this time, if my math is correct, after the accident, but before the attempt, you stumble across a podcast, among others, I'm sure there were many, but one is called Suicide Note, and you start listening a lot. And you say to yourself at some point, if I get through all of them, which is a really interesting way to think about it, I'm going to make this goal of mine or whatever to get to all of them. And of course, while this is happening, there's new ones being added. If I do to the end, then I will consider talking and reaching out. You made it to the end. I did. Here we are. Here's the thing. Uh, and you've heard me say this before. Even though we've been doing this for like three and a half years. Oh, by the way, we is me. You still have to actively put in as a search term suicide for it to come up. Not mental health, not loneliness, as far as I know. So you're looking for that. So why?
0: I was not in the greatest spot. I was looking at mental health podcasts, but like a lot of people on your podcast have said, it's very like therapeutic and it's like therapists chiming in. And I, I didn't love that because I'm like, maybe I'm just stubborn, sure. but I didn't want an answer to my problems. I just want to hear other people talk about their experiences, how they feel, just someone to relate to completely raw, not edited. Like. They're not censoring what they're saying, and they're just saying. They're just talking about it. And it was just, for me, it was therapeutic. Just like hearing someone that I can relate to was huge.
1: Good reminder, to everybody that are listening. Hey, take a moment right now on Apple or Spotify, I believe, and rate and review Suicide. Seriously, Mimi, it helps people fucking find it. it does. I don't think people understand what I mean when I say that. The more reviews we get, it shows up more often.
0: I wish it was easier to find.
1: So the second part of that question is why you wanted to talk about it. You wanted to come on and talk. That's part, but why?
0: I think for me, I set that goal of like, if I listen to every single episode, I will reach out. I set that goal because for me to stick with a podcast, I really need to like it. Yeah. And especially with this podcast, like if I like it that much, it means it's helping in some way. It's, I listen to it at work.
1: What's your work now?
0: I now work in an office, non-electrical, sadly
1: listening to some podcasts.
0: Yeah. So I was just feeling really low. I typed it in and I really liked it. And I'm like, you know what? If I listen to every single one, to me, that means that it's helping me. And I've always wanted to help other people in whatever way that I can, but mm-hmm. I'm not exactly outgoing. I'd love to be, but I'm not. And so I try to help the friends that I do know that are struggling with it as much as I can, which is why I to always tell them, if you need me at three in the morning, I will answer. You know, I have my ringer on full blast all the time for that reason. And I've always wanted to help other people. And so I said, if I listen to every podcast and every single episode, I will reach out because if it's helped me that much, I want to help other people. And there could be someone out there who can relate to my story.
1: Oh, for sure. All right, I'm going to go back to 2018 and include 2021. You had four attempts that you brought up because I know with memory issues, maybe, but that's what we're talking about here. How many people know about your first attempt other than your friend who brought you there?
0: First attempt, she visited, her mom visited. And then two other friends came, so that makes four.
1: The second one, now your mom knows. Anyone else in addition to your mom and your friend?
0: My dad. My mom ended up telling my dad.
1: Now, the third and fourth ones are different. Does anybody know about them?
0: The third one, I don't know if anybody knows. I don't think I told anybody. Um, The fourth one, I actually did when my best friend was at my house, but we've never... Ever talked about it. So I have no idea if she actually does know. And then the fourth one, I told no one. Well, you told me. Yeah, other than you.
1: And now a lot of people. Now, are you going to be alive in, let's say, late December, early January, whenever it is, to hear yourself?
0: Honestly, I've thought about it because I listened to all your episodes and you always ask that. For me, I really do take it day by day. When I was at my lowest, a friend of mine who I consider my older sister she would always say, if you can't think about the next year, think about the next month. If you can't do the next month, take the next week. If you can't do the next week, do the next day. And then if you can't do the day, take the next hour, you know how it goes. I sure do. That's basically how I've lived for a very long time of like, I don't think a year down the line. It's kind of like, I'm going to think about the next day.
1: Uh, In this moment, which is a Wednesday.
0: In this moment, I feel like I will be, but I'd be very happy if I wasn't.
1: So that's the perfect transition. It's, almost scripted, pink-purple pill tonight.
0: I would take it, yes.
1: All right, so we're in a quandary a little bit. a few more questions. And then, of course, you can add anything else you want. How many people do you have in your life to have conversations in which you can actually talk about suicide?
0: I think right now I really only have one friend. It is not my best friend that I think I could actually talk to about suicide itself. Mm Mm-hmm. I think if it was just mental health, but like that border between mental health and suicide, my sister has always said, like, just give me a call. Even if you don't want to talk about it, like you just want to be busy. Just give me a call. She's always put that out there. How many
1: times have you taken her up on that offer? None. Zero. How old Is she older?
0: She is older. She just turned, if I do the math right, she just turned 27. She did offer and I have thought about it, but. She's just so (laughs) happy-go-lucky, or at least she likes to portray it, Sure, um, especially around me.
1: Right, right. Happy-go-lucky is hard for people. I'm going to say people like us. We're obviously very different people. But what, if anything, helps you feel better, helps you cope?
0: It's weird because I feel like, especially for me, when people associate depression, you think of someone who can't get out of bed, can't move, doesn't want to do anything but I think back to Chester Bennington from Lincoln park. And there was one interview. He said, if I'm out and out of the house, he's great. Mm -hmm. And I'm the same way. Like if I'm out and I'm with people and I'm doing things out for dinner, whatever it is, I'm great. But the moment I'm in my house by myself for, it could be an hour, a couple of days. I just get into this hole. Going out is great. It's just once I come back by myself and I'm, whatever it is, I just get, and I get into this hole sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes I just like my time by myself, but sometimes I'm by myself and I get into this hole. It's just a downward spiral.
1: Memoir. I'm just throwing it out there. What is it? The downward spiral. It might sound a little generic. You might want a little more specificity. Well, we'll have an opportunity to re-listen and then we can decide. That would be kind of a funny thing to put into the, the show notes. I've already got too much in there, but possible memoir title. My final question, which you know is coming, even if you don't know it right now, and that is the one around myths and or misconceptions. I know you've thought about this one.
0: I have because you sent me the document, of course, and I was like, that's a good one. I really want an answer. And I've been thinking about it since. I think my biggest one is mental health has a look. You know, when people think of mental health and people who deal with it, and I feel like a lot of people think about depression. It's the biggest one out there. Mm -hmm. And you think of someone who's in bed, they can't get out, they can't move, they don't want to do anything. But I feel like mental health isn't just that. There's a lot of people who are high functioning, where they feel like shit, but they can still get out of bed. They can still go to work, they can go to school, they can do great in their job, they can go to school and get high marks, but like, you have no idea of what they're dealing with. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's the biggest one. Like your friends or anybody that you know that's doing great, you should still check in because at the end of the day you really don't know how they're doing unless you really ask. And it's not like those really vague questions that the therapist or whoever asks you in the hospital or wherever, like how do you feel? Are you thinking of this? Like those are so easy to lie to. But like the deeper questions like you asked before, like don't remember, but that was a great one. That I asked? Yeah, you asked before i think you said um like what did they ask you like let's oh when you did the role playing there's one question there you asked and i'm like that's a good question that i might have been a little like Ooh, what do i say in the moment
1: there is shout out to my uh guests who are in the ontario area there's been a few shout out to you now mimi's joining the club uh, i don't know if it's a club people want to be in but they're in it i wonder about the people who and they're all different unique people but the ones that are going out there and killing it at work and all the things and yet they might be suffering. Like, you think they're a little less likely to be honest about it? If you should ask them in that right way that, hmm, maybe, you know, it's my friend and he or she seems like really kind about it. Hmm, I wonder.
0: I think if you ask them in the right setting, if it's just like the two of you are very close group, I think they might be a little bit more open to sharing it. That's why I'm very big on like asking or talking to friends who seem like they have it all together because you really don't know.
1: Then the next part of that question or that thing is, once they say not so much, then what do you do? Because a lot of people aren't good at those conversations. Great intentions, not understanding how to converse or engage. And that's the another big part. Comes up a lot.
0: The best thing that you've ever said, and I've even told some of my closest friends, actually my best friend has asked me, so and so always feeling this way, like, what do I do? And I'm like, literally, just shut up and listen.
1: <laughs> well- I I think it's shut the fuck up if you really want to.
0: That's (laughs) the
1: actual advice. I
0: I stole it from you. I'm like, I've been listening to this podcast and I think this is the best thing you could do is shut up and listen. If they stop talking, just like give them prompts of like little questions, how they can expand on what they are saying or what they're not saying. But the biggest thing is just sit there and listen. You know, like put your phone away, don't look at the clock, just look at them and have a real conversation.
1: Yeah. Still don't think people know how to do it. No, they don't sage words because I've said this a bunch in here, but there are new new listeners and it just feels true. Like Those long pauses, those silences. Just think about how when you're struggling and you're sharing something, you're kind of in your own head probably. It's a few seconds. It's fine. The challenge becomes if you just shut the fuck up, fine. Great starting point. But you do need to continue it unless they have a monologue written. Yeah. The, you need to
0: start saying something and that's when people fuck it up. Some people you know, they start the conversation and then the person quiets down and like that's when you start the prompts because there are some people who are very willing to share everything at once but there are some people who will share a little bit but they won't share everything unless you ask.
1: But none of this, none of what you're saying includes a long list of things that aren't helpful. Some of which include offering unsolicited advice, diagnosing, any sort of like minimizing what they're going through or sometimes like denying it. That happens. You're not depressed. Like I just said something. Why is this the time for you to say the exact opposite? That's bizarre. It's common.
0: It is. And it's sad. You know, like I went through all of school. I went to college. I, I did everything. But there's, I think there should be a course out there. You know, like in phys ed, you have the, the health portion of it. And like that's half of the course. But they're talking about sex ed, everything but real mental health. No one's ever taught Not to it. just shut up and listen. No one's taught that at all. And It sucks
1: what is the rest of your evening like it's about what quarter to eight there
0: probably find something stupid to watch on uh youtube something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. probably just wind down because uh i have a nine to five and i feel like a grandma who goes to bed at like eight thirty because i like my sleep
1: Fair, yeah, totally all right well thanks again for talking with me
0: thank you for having me
1: my pleasure day by day if that doesn't work hour by hour exactly Just keep going. All right. Have a good night or a decent night, Mimi. Thanks again. You too. Have
0: a good night.
1: As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. Special thanks to Mimi in Ontario. Thank you, Mimi. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. And there's a lot more to learn about the podcast. Check the show notes. And that is all for episode number 195. Stay strong, do the best you can. I'll talk to you soon.